Okay, today in part seven, I want to talk to you about this. Obey God's voice. Obey God's voice. If there's anything that a Christian school can teach your children, it is how to hear the voice of God and how to respond accordingly to that voice. Now, let me ask you, I want you to think, and I want you to think this week, is there anything in the universe more important? Is there anything you could desire for your child or someone you love or for your spouse Anything is more, is there anything more important than learning how to hear the voice of God and how to respond to that voice? That affects every area of your life. It affects your marriage, who you marry. It affects your job, your school, how you live, your faithfulness, your loyalty. Your when we can teach people how to hear God's voice, uh, just imagine the things that will change. So our life, the blessings that we occur, the rewards we get, it is all determined upon this if we're going to obey or disobey. If we hear the voice of God and we obey, we'll be blessed, we'll have successful lives. If we hear the voice of God and we disobey, we won't. God is not trying to take something from you. When he asks you to do something, he speaks to you about random acts of kindness. He speaks to you about being quick to repent. He speaks to you about changing your course. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to take something out. Well, God, I feel like God's telling me I need to separate from this relationship that I'm in. That is, he's not trying to take that person away from you. He's trying to get you somewhere better. James 1.25 says, God will bless you in everything you do. This lines up with Psalms 1 through 3, right? You'll succeed in everything you do. If you're in the right place, right people, thinking about the right things, James 1.25, he'll bless you in everything you do. Here's what you do. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. James 1.25. Oh, 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 there you are. He'll bless you in everything you do if you listen and obey and not just hear and forget. So here's my question. How many of you hear the voice of God sometime during our service on Sunday morning and you know what you should do and then you leave and you forget all about it? How many of you have signed up for a Bible study group because you know God wanted you to and then when you leave here you make excuse after excuse after excuse for why you don't show up? How many times has God spoken to you very clearly about giving this or stepping out in faith and doing this? And then once you separate from that environment, once you get around other people, once you go to school, once you start watching the news, then all of a sudden that, that voice that was so strong at one point during that day is now quieter and quieter and quieter and you basically forget exactly what God told you to do. I wonder how many blessings we would occur in life if we would simply obey today. Right when God says it, if we would do it immediately. Um, I want you to write this down for your notes. Write, God's voice is detailed. The voice of God is very, very detailed in your life. Um, God is always communicating. Okay, He's always communicating, but he's not always speaking. He's always communicating. He will communicate through your circumstances every day of your life. Um, he will communicate through his word, through the Bible, anytime you open it or hear it. But the voice of God is very, very specific. In fact, uh, when, when we have our prophetic services, um, that, is, that is a general word. Circumstances can be general. The word of God sometimes can be general. Um, uh, like you know God, the word of God teaches you how to live a happily married life, but the voice of God will tell you if this is the person for you or not. Okay, so the word is general, circumstances are general, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, your parents, all these things are general, but the voice of God is very, very specific in your life. It's always very, very specific. Um, it's very, very detailed. And a lot of people, as we're trying to learn to hear the voice of God, we fail to obey the general things he's already asking us to do. In other words, if, 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 if 
you say this, you say, man, if God, if you spoke to me very clearly today, I mean, if I heard your voice and you told me to give away my home, I would give it away today and trust you. No, you wouldn't because you won't do the general 10% he already asked you to do. Are you with God, if, you, if, you, if I heard your voice and you told me that I need to go to Africa and I need to witness to people, man, I would get on a plane tomorrow. No, you wouldn't because he already told you to come to church and you miss half the time. You understand? So if you want to hear the detailed voice of God, you got to do the general stuff first, right? Let me tell you this. It is very clear in the Word that you, when you give your life to the Lord, you get baptized. Very clear. If you won't do, and it's so easy. Here's how easy it is to get baptized. Just like that. It's just that easy. It's just that easy. Baptism is so easy. And see, we want God to tell us these difficult, huge things and step out in faith in great ways, but we won't do the things we know we're already supposed to do. Right? Okay, Psalms 145.19 says this. God will fulfill the desires of those who obey him. Here's my question. Are there areas of your life you're unfulfilled? Are you unfulfilled in this particular relationship? Are you unfulfilled in your finances? Are you unfulfilled at work? Is there something in your life and you just like there's something missing? Here's my question. Go back to what you know God told you to do in that area. And if you haven't done it, repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I should, have, I should have obeyed your voice. I know you told me seven years ago I was supposed to do this. Do that, and then the voice of God will start being more clear in your life. Let me give you an example of how God speaks clearly with his voice, but then the circumstances are, can be kind of general. Um, God spoke to Jonah, and he told Jonah specifically, go to Nineveh and say this. Right? We know that. Go to Nineveh and say this. Jonah disobeyed. So God still chose to communicate but not through his voice. God communicated through what? A whale. And, and the whale, it was very obvious God was saying, you're going to Nineveh, buddy. You're going in the wrong direction. Your circumstances showed me you disobeyed the voice of God. How many of us in this room are in a whale right now? We're, we, we, God's communicating to us, but we know the reason we don't hear his voice very clearly is because we're not doing what he told us to do in that area in the first place. Right? Okay, so the greatest moments of my life, and I'm about to get into my three points, the greatest moments of my life are not what God has done for me, but it is what God has said to me. Um, when I was um, 10 years old, uh, I, I prayed to God. I, it was a Friday night. I said, God, teach me how to play the piano, and I'll play in church. I pray if you just let me play the piano. I was 10 years old. Um, the next morning was a Saturday morning, and I heard the voice of God so clearly tell me to go open up sheet music. Our, our house always had sheet. My dad had a, has a master's in music. And I remember my first thought was, why would I open up sheet music? I don't know how to play the piano. But when you're 10 years old and you just have this huge sensation to go, you just go and do it. I open up sheet music and immediately my fingers knew exactly what to do and I could read, sight, read sheet music. I don't play by ear. I don't know if you know. That's why I can't sing because I'm tone deaf. Everything is music theory that God downloaded into my mind at 10 years old. See, it's great that I can play the piano, but that's not what's so special. What's so special is the voice of God told me to do it. That, that means a lot more. When I was 26 and God called me to preach, um, uh, he's done a lot of great things in my life. You guys are great. I love having a church. But no matter people like me or don't like me, come to church or don't come to church, none of that matters. The voice of God told me to preach. I can go with that the rest of my life. So no matter what happens, good or bad, I can always go back to 26 years old, the voice of God said, preach. So I know I'm supposed to do it. I, I can't question. I just have to do it. Um, you know, a few months ago, God told us to open up a school. Why didn't he tell me that a year ago? Why didn't he tell me that a year from now? It's because when God says it, he expects us to do it. He said, and so no matter what happens with the school, whether we have 300 kids, 30 kids, or 3,000 kids, it doesn't matter. God said to do it. I can always go back to that. It's great if he blesses it, but what's greater is, is that he said it. 
And this is why on your handouts, I always put them there. What is God saying to me today? You need to write these things down. The voice of God is so much more special than the blessings of God. It is so much more powerful and long-lasting than the miracles of God. Because God does miracles for us all the time. We forget those half the time, honestly. But when you remember the voice of God, you'll always know which direction you're supposed to go in in life. Okay, I'm about to get to my three points. Uh, In John chapter 10, Jesus said this, The sheep hear his voice. You got to see the word voice in the Bible. And he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. Verse 4, the sheep fall in because they know his, what's that word? They know his voice. Verse 16, I have other sheep. Now, these are talking about Christians. The first part was Jews. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. That's us, thank God. They will listen to my, what's that word? Voice and heed my call. Uh, Verse 27, my sheep. Now, this is the difference between us and unsaved people. You know, there's a few differences between us and people who don't know the Lord. We can learn how to hear his voice. My sheep, not the goats, not the, but my sheep, the ones that belong to me, we should learn how to hear the voice of God. I know them and they will follow me. They'll follow me. So according to the Bible, according to the Bible, what animal in this passage are you and I? Okay, look at the person next to you and say, I thought I smelled something. No, I'm just kidding. So... It's not talking about the guys that wear dresses with a stick that, that have lambs follow them around. It's talking about Jesus and us. Are we okay on that? Are we true on that? Okay. What are we supposed to hear according to the Bible? The voice of God. Now, it's spirit to spirit. Very rare in the Bible was it audible. Very rare. Very rare was it audible. But 90% of the time in the Bible, it was spirit to spirit. Here's what I want to teach you today. We are born with the ability to hear in the natural. But we're born again with the ability to hear in the Spirit. But we got to learn. It's not something that just comes like that. Even in the natural, you and I have to learn how to hear and respond, hear and talk, right? Children, they don't don't know how to listen. In fact, us adults don't know how to listen half the time. You can have somebody speaking the same language as you audibly, and you still have no idea what they're saying. Uh, Last week, my wife said to me, I'm in the living room, she's in the kitchen. Out of the, she just said this. She said, and her father ran away and left them when they were little. And I said, I thought she was on the phone. And I said, are you talking to me? She said, yeah, I'm talking to you. I, I said, I heard what you said. What are you talking? She said, yeah, her father left when she was little. Who are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? She said, oh, so and so. I said, we haven't talked about them in three days. How was I supposed to know who you were talking about? See, now I know when she says something, I need to think for the past three days, what have we talked about so I know what she's trying to talk about now? Okay, we're speaking the same language. We just don't understand each other. We have to learn through the relationship. Do you know how many times Jesus spoke? When Jesus talked, it was the audible voice of God. The audible voice of God is speaking to disciples, and they don't even know what he's saying. They said, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus said, the greater servant. Okay, Jesus, but we want to be the greatest, so what do we need to do? Jesus says, you need to serve others. What he, I don't know. They sent their mom to go ask Jesus. My boys said they want to be on your right and left in your kingdom. What, may, what, what, must, what must they do? Jesus said, serve. The greater servant is the greater leader. We don't understand what he's saying. What is he talking about? He said, let me show you. And he gets on his hands and knees, and he washes their feet. And they're like, oh, now we get it. Three times. Audible. Right? You have to learn 
you get with me? So today in, in, in part eight, I'm probably going to teach you a lot about how to hear the voice of God, learning how. Three points for you today. Number one is this for your notes, the right voice. Listening and communicating is a learning process, and you must be able to tune into the right voice. Because listen, there's a lot of voices out there, a lot of voices. Uh, John 16, 12, I still have many things to say to say. So when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes, see, a lot of us think, man, if I could go back in Bible days and I could, I could find Jesus, oh man, the conversations we could have, and I, it'd be so much better if I could talk to him. No, no, no. The Bible says Jesus said it's better that he left and sent the Holy Spirit. You have to remember that. So verse 12, I have many things to say to you. So when the Spirit comes, he'll lead you. He'll speak, speak to you. The Spirit will take what I say and reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. We have a security team here at church. And there's a lot of there's people in this room. They have a little earpiece. They're, they're walking around the property now. And if anything goes wrong, all one of them has to do is just click this button and say, you know, we need you in the foyer, right? All the other people on the security team can hear it as long as they are tuned into the right frequency. If, if the person talking is on channel 9 and everyone else is on channel 8, nobody's going to hear because it's the wrong frequency. The problem is not that the person's not talking. Oh, they're talking. They are speaking. It's just everybody has to get on the, the right frequency to have it transmitted. Are you with me? Okay, let me read you some wrong frequencies. These things will pull you away from the voice of God, your emotions. Wrong frequency. If you're trying to hear God when you're up and when you're down, when you're up, you just need to open up the Bible and get a general word, okay? The voice of God, it, 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 our emotions will cloud what we're hearing because our emotions always make us hear what we want to hear. So we got to get to a neutral place. Google is a wrong frequency, okay? Know-it-alls. You know, know-it-alls in the church, they want to tell you what to do, what to read, what to say, what to pray. That will confuse you from hearing God. Unbelievers, if you are yoked or dating are close friends with an unbeliever without the only goal is to win them to Jesus, they're going to cloud your, your spirit. Selfish thoughts, and here's a big one, religion. Now, I know we got a lot of former Catholics in here, but Jesus did not come here to start a religion. He came here to start a relationship. And I'm talking to the Christians, the Charismatics, the Bapticostals, the Pentecostals, the Methodists, the, 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 the Pescatarians, the Vegetarians, all of y'all, Okay. Jesus didn't come for that. He came to start relationship. So, uh, real quick, I want everybody in here to think about the city that you were born in. Think of the city you were born in. And on the count of three, I want everybody to tell me the city that they were born in. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. My wife is in this room. And if there's any voice I know, it's hers. But I couldn't hear it because all of y'all's voices were in the way. Okay, if you really want to hear the voice of God, one of the best places you can go to is secluded, by yourself. Turn your phone off. He's not going to compete with the dishwasher, the dog, the kids, the phone, the news, YouTube, you know, social media. You've got to get to a place where you can actually hear God. Hear God. Okay, so let me read you something, and I'm going to give you an illustration. Mark 10, 46-52. When Jesus and his disciples were leaving a city, a blind man... This is how I remember this story because there's three Bs. Blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the road begging. When he heard that, it, now he didn't see Jesus. Because see, we don't, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith, right? And faith comes by not seeing but hearing, okay? When he heard that it was Jesus, he shouted, Jesus have mercy. So Jesus, this is so interesting, Jesus didn't go to him. Jesus said, you need to come to me. I'm here in your presence but you need to come to me. I need to see some, some faith walk first. 
Throwing his coat aside, I'll show you what that means in a second, Bartimaeus jumped to his feet and went to Jesus. Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, his miracle. Here's the order. He heard, he obeyed, and then he saw. See, as Christians, we want to see it, right? We want to hear this audible. We want to see God work everything out, and then we'll obey. But that takes no faith. He heard, he obeyed in faith. And then the miracle and the sight came afterwards. And what I want to teach you about this coat, it's a very important line, throwing this coat aside. In those days in that area, if you had a legitimate disability, the government would issue a coat called a beggar's coat. It was the way you made your living. You know, the Bible always talks about how we should give to the poor. Don't get confused. That is not somebody in America. Most of them are not in America. Poor is someone who literally cannot work at all. They can't cut grass. They can't, um, they can't um, you know, sit behind a computer. Uh, they can't clean a house. They can't do nothing. That's what a poor person is in the Bible. And so Bartimaeus had a, he had a disadvantage. And so the government issues him this coat. It was a very valuable coat because he could have money without doing anything. And everyone knew, okay, this guy has a legitimate reason for why he's not working so we can give him money. And here's what he did. He threw his excuse aside. His excuse is, is a reason to live in self-pity. It was a reason to have a disadvantage. Poor old me. Look at me. I'm in this mess and I can't get out. Listen real close. Once you become a sheep, you have no excuse. Your only words would be, I'm sorry, God, I didn't come to you first. I didn't acknowledge all my ways and come. I'm sorry, God, I didn't listen to your voice. That's all we, once you're a sheep, there's no excuse. Well, I didn't know. Why didn't you spend time with God and ask? I had no idea. Why didn't you open up the word? Once you're a sheep and you can hear from God, no excuse. He threw away his excuse before he was healed. Before he saw the miracle. Before God turned it around. Before. He, he heard the voice of God. He threw away his excuse. He walked toward Jesus based on the sound of his voice. Okay? So I want to give you a little illustration. And points number two and three are very, very short, so don't get, don't get scared. Okay. So I'm going to use my Skinner twins, right? And so, Alethea and uh, Caleb, y'all stand up. And Caleb, I want you to blindfold your sister. <laughs> and let me know when Alethea is completely blindfolded. Don't hurt her. Okay, Alethea, can you see? You sure? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to move only based on the sound of my voice, okay? I want you to take five steps forward. Good, good, good. Um, now, I want you to... I'm going to take this. I want you to... Um, you're going to take your right foot, and you're going to pull it up about eight inches, and then go forward with it, and then do the same thing with your left foot. Ready? Go. Got to pick it up higher. Good job. Good job. Okay. I want you to take three steps forward. Okay. I want you to stand right there. Go, go forward two steps. Go to take your left foot, pick it up, and then like, I don't know, do a little spin motion. Don't do that, Alethea. Do some jumping jacks. Don't do a jumping jack. Do, do some push-ups. I want you to take one to step forward. I want you to turn to the left. Turn, turn to, to the, the right. left again. Turn to the left, turn to the right. To the, and when I count to right. three, I want you to sit down. You can trust me. Ready? Stay One, standing. two, You're gonna fall. three. <laughs> now, listen, let me just say something. When you start to tune into the voice of God, there's going to be other voices. And there are other voices in the spirit that will try to talk to you. 
and they'll talk you out of doing what God's telling you to do. They'll put fear inside of you, confusion. Here's another thing. Faith always looks very silly sometimes. If, if she knew how silly she looked, she probably wouldn't be doing this for me right now. Your friends will tell you it's silly. The world doesn't understand. But when you can hear the voice of God, if God says build an ark, the whole world can tell you you're crazy. But you better build an ark. <laughs> okay, Alethe, I want you to stand up. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not a sight. Uh, turn around. Don't turn around. Um, okay, well, uh, just take like, take like your right foot, right, that one, yeah, and just like move it towards like, oh, you can't see. Uh, take your right foot, take two steps forward. Um, turn around. Uh, you no, know, do, don't, don't turn around. I want you to take face my one way. step to the left. Take it to the right, actually. Turn to the left. Two hops this time. Turn to the left again. Don't do it. <laughs> I want you to take two steps forward. You're crazy. Don't um, do that. Take a step to the, to the right. right. You're going to fall. No, you're going to fall. Take you're another step to the right. Don't do that. Now, you're going to go up some stairs, okay? You can go up four stairs. I want you to be very, very careful. Ready? First stair. Good. Second stair. Good job. Back Third up. stair. You're going to fall. Watch out. Watch Fourth out. stair. Stop. You're doing really, There's really good. Hold take on. two steps one. forward. I want you to turn to the right. Turn to the right again. And on the count of three, I want you to sit down. Don't One, fall. two, three. Yeah, you did good. Take off your blindfold. Yeah, you did good. Okay, you can go sit down. You did great. Uh, she did good. Uh, Isaiah 30, 21. When you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear the Lord saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Listen, we want God to set everything up first. We want him to have the chair sitting there and waiting, and then once we see it, we're going to step into it. But God says, if you'll step out first by the sound of my voice, I'll set it all up for you. And then you'll see it once it's all over and done. Point number two is this. you got to get in the right place. If you want to hear from God, Exodus 19, 14, Moses said, prepare yourselves. We're going to meet with God. Verse 19, God spoke and answered Moses, watch this, with a voice, which you see in the Bible rare, with a voice. Here's the point. God comes to a prepared atmosphere. He comes to a prepared atmosphere. I can't even tell you the preparations that we make um, for this place for you to come here on a Sunday morning. The reason you hear God so clearly here is because you prepared your hearts. And see, a lot of people think they're coming to hear me. You're not coming to hear me. You're preparing yourself to hear from God. In fact, I can't even tell you how many times somebody has emailed me or, or, or called me or texted me and said, John, but when you said this and this in your sermon, it changed my life. And I said, I appreciate it, but I didn't say that. They said, no, 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 we heard it. We even wrote it, and I said, I did, look back at the video. I didn't say that. I said a bunch of stupid stuff. That was, you, what you heard was from God. You are directly from God. Because you don't even realize when you come to church, we're preparing to meet with God. Yes, you can meet with him anywhere, but there's something amazing when you're in an atmosphere with other believers, worshiping, giving, serving. God speaks very, very clearly. Watch this. Acts 13, 2, as they ministered to the Lord, watch what they were doing. Worshiping and serving. The Holy Spirit spoke. Listen, let me just tell you how common sense this is. Why is God going to speak to you? <clears throat> Why? Why would he? Why should he? Do you think that you're going to hear the voice of God in order to find the winning lottery tickets? Is that what you want to hear God for? <laughs> the reason God's speaking to you and the reason he spoke all through the Bible is to get you to serve him and help somebody else. <laughs> That's the whole Bible. Yeah, I'm just, God, just give me, is, it, is, it, is the numbers 19 or 23? I got to hear you real close. 
God's like, you need to turn to Psalms 19.23 is what you need to do. Oh, is that the lottery tickets? Listen, if you think God's going to speak to you about what you want to hear, eh, God's going to speak to you about what he wants to speak to you about. So when our hearts are prepared, God, what is it you're saying? God might be telling you to forgive somebody over here so that he can do a miracle in your life way over here. So you're like, God, fix this, fix this. He's like, no, I'm going to talk to you about your attitude at work. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about this over here. Listen, what if somebody wanted my time and attention and they had medicine that could cure a sickness that my wife had and I said, I need you to bring her that medicine. No, 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 we don't want to do that. We want to meet with you. Um, My bride, my bride is in need. She's sick. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that later. Right now, I want to to know, tell me how to fix my problem. If you're not going to take care of my bride, why should I give you my time? Why am I even going to talk to you? If I'm going to say anything to you, it's about taking care of my wife who's sick and you have the cure. Do you know we're the bride of Christ? The church is the bride of Christ and you want to hear the voice of God but you don't want it to have to do with serving and worshiping? That's our job. We're going to be doing that. I hope you, hope you like it because you're going to be doing that for all of eternity if you're in heaven. Then the next, the next best prepared atmosphere other than a church is a quiet and still place. Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I'm God. Psalms 23.1-3, he leads me to the still and quiet waters. Is there he refreshes my soul. Isaiah 30.15, in quietness and peace shall be your strength. Listen, look, the people who claim to hear the voice of God, right? You know, we got a bunch of weirdos in our church that say they can hear God. You know the common denominator? They worship they serve, and they spend alone time with God. So either they're crazy or they're doing exactly what the Bible says to do in order to hear the voice of God. You, you know there's people in our church all the time you think, man, they sure do hear God a lot. What are they doing? They're worshiping, they're serving, <laughs> and they're getting quiet time with Jesus every single day. It's not that hard. You know the best way I can hear my wife is when I serve her, I affirm her, and I spend quiet time with her. Do we think God is any different than that? Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I promise I'm not crazy. At least not on Sundays. Other days I'm a little bit crazy. So let me give you the best story in the Bible on, on um, a child being pulled out of public school and going to a Christian school, okay? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. So um, when Samuel was a little boy, remember his mom Hannah wanted a child. She couldn't conceive, and she, and she said, God, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you, right? So when Samuel was a little boy, in his society, there was chaos, strife, immorality, and theft. Now, y'all might have to really use your imagination on this. Do you have any idea what it's like to live in a society where there's immorality, chaos, strife, and theft? I don't know if you know what that's like or not. How many of y'all came from up north? I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. So anyway, I'm telling you, it's in the south. It's all around us, okay? And, and it's so funny. We know that's in public school, but we send our kids there. And we wonder why they act like the world the rest of life. Anyway, so that was in Samuel's life, right? Chaos, theft, immorality, strife. And his mom said, I don't want him around that. So they found a school at their church. And she put him in there, and he actually lived there. And she'd come to visit him, and that's where he stayed. In 1 Samuel 3, 1, says the child Samuel, now listen, he's 12 years old. I just want you to see, we're about to read a story about a 12-year-old who can hear the voice of God. Tell me the greatest thing in your entire life would not be for your child to come home and say, I learned how to hear from God. What did he say? He told me I need to have a better attitude when I'm doing my chores. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I give my life to you. I'll go to Africa. Thank you, God. 
Wouldn't you love for your 12-year-old to be able to hear the voice of God? How amazing would that be? And here's what, oh, look what he was doing. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He was worshiping and serving. Shocker. Huge shocker. Under Eli the teacher in the tabernacle at church. And the spoken word of the Lord was rare. Why was God not speaking very much? Here's why. The atmosphere was filled with strife, chaos, immorality, and theft. What's God going to say? What, what, what's he going to say? So in the middle of the night, Samuel's asleep. 12-year-old boy. And he hears a voice that says, Samuel. So he runs to his teacher. He says, hey, did you call me? Eli says, I didn't call you. In verse 6, it says, the boy didn't recognize the voice. Lord, here's why. He did not yet <clears throat> know the Lord. Do you know you have to know somebody to know their voice, right? You have to know. Some of you have friends. They could call you from any number in the world. You know exactly who it is. So Samuel started to get to know God, and it happened again. He heard the voice. He runs in Eli's room. Hey, hey, did you call me? Eli said, I'm not calling you, man. A third time it happens in verse 9. Eli told him this time, listen, go back to your room. If you hear the voice again, say this, your servant, your, ser- your leader, your leader's leader. Who do I need to lead? No, no, your servant is listening. And he goes back to his room. The voice of God says, Samuel, he says, your servant is, and God downloaded unto a 12-year-old boy the word of the Lord. 12-year-old boy. Listen, the question is not, does God speak? The question is, are you getting to a place where you can hear him? Would you be willing to turn your phone off if it meant you could hear God more? Would you be willing to turn the news off? Look, is, is this thing on? Is this thing on? The news? Can you turn it off for just 30 minutes a day to hear from God? Would you be willing to worship and serve in order to hear a clear direction for your life? Oh, this isn't going as well as I thought it was. Y'all are looking at me like something's wrong. So let's get to point number three, and that is right now. The right voice in the right place, but listen real close. He's speaking to you for you to do it right now. Everybody say right now. Right now. That's my middle name. Hebrews 3.15. Today, if you hear God's voice, do not turn a deaf ear. See, people think, well, when God speaks to me, I'm going to plan on doing it. I'm going to prepare. And then a year and a half from now, I'm going to forgive that person. He told me to forgive. Now, when God speaks, it's, it's, and here's how I know it's for today. Because his word says, you don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. So you think God's going to tell you something today that he wants you to do next week when his own word says you won't even be here tomorrow. The very first miracle ever recorded in the Bible, the very first thing that Jesus ever did that was recorded was at a party for all of you religious people. And, and, and they were not out of chocolate milk. They were out of wine. I'm just saying. Uh, it wasn't Welch's grape juice, I don't think. But anyway, and so Jesus' mom said, we need more wine. You know, the water to wine miracle, right? In John 2, verse 5, Jesus' mother told the students, whatever Jesus tells you, just do it now. I just want you to know, first of all, Nike owes Mary millions of dollars, okay? Billions of dollars. Just do it. Here's the answer to any miracle in your life. Whatever Jesus tells you, just do it. Oh, but, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Whatever Jesus tells you, just do it. Oh, but, but I don't have this. I don't, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whatever he tells you, just, that's the answer to every miracle. Any, any miracle you want, whatever he's telling you, just do it. When I, when I, Started pastoring maybe four years into preaching. I heard the voice of God one day tell me, um, I had a friend from high school, one of my best friends, and I heard God very clearly say, go to your friend, go to him, and um, share the gospel. And my first thought was, oh, he's going to think I'm a hypocrite because I was not saved in high school at all. By far, I was the 
the most opposite you could be of a saved person in high school. And I thought, he's going to make fun of me. It's not going to work out. But I heard God. And so I found out that he owned a bar, a little um, bar at a, at a storefront, storefront bar at Pauly's Island. So I drove there, and, um, and he wasn't there that night. So I thought, I tried. God, I did my part. You, you told me to go witness to him. And God, you didn't let him be where I was at when I was going to go there. So it's not on me anymore. Three years later, his parents called me and asked me to preach his funeral because uh, he had overdosed. And I don't know if somebody got to him. I hope that in my disobedience that God sent somebody else. That was, that's what I really, really hope. But now if I ever hear a voice from God and it has anything to do with salvation, I drop everything and I do it that day. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, today is the day of salvation. Listen, don't put off making peace with God. Don't put off sharing the gospel with someone that you love, with your family, with your grown children. You may look like a hypocrite. You may feel stupid. You may look silly. It doesn't matter. When God says it, you need to just do it. Just Somebody's life could be at stake. Their life could be at stake. Um, in Luke 17, these lepers, these ten lepers, they were... They were, they, were, they were begging Jesus to heal them. Now, in those days, if you had leprosy, you had to, now you're away from your wife, your kids forever. You're, you can't go back into society. But let's say you have leprosy on your hand or on your finger. It starts out. If you wanted to chop your arm off and then let that part heal, and then finally you see there's no more leprosy on you, you could go to a priest, and the priest would be able to tell you yes or no if you can go back and live a normal life or not. So when these lepers called out to Jesus in Luke 17, 14, Jesus said this, go at once. Don't wait about it. Don't wait till you feel it. Don't wait till you get three confirmations. Go at once and show yourselves to the priests. Watch this. On the way, <clears throat> on the way, they were healed. The miracle did not occur when Jesus said it. The miracle did not occur after he said it. The miracle occurred when they took the step and obeyed. They could have thought, well, we're not healed. And they, we'll, we'll just sit here for the next six months and wait. They could have sat there for six years. The second they did this, the healing was there. Why do we need to show ourselves to the priest? We're still sick. We still have leprosy. But Jesus said, go at once. Okay, and on their way there, all of a sudden, everything in their life changed. Delayed obedience. Listen, it's just delayed miracles. That's all it is. <laughs> delayed obedience is simply... <clears throat> Delayed miracles. The miracles always attached to the obedience. So last story, and I'll let you go. <clears throat> this piano player, um, true story, back in the 70s, he was kind of popular in the Christian world at the time. He had developed rheumatoid arthritis in his hands. And uh, as the weeks progressed, his, his hands got worse and worse and worse. It ended up, after a few months, his fingers were all bent up like fists. His joints were swollen. He was in extreme pain 24 hours a day. And, of course, he could no longer play the piano anymore. One day at his church, <clears throat> the minister preached on forgiveness. Now, listen, this guy had been in church his whole life. He had heard every sermon on forgiveness anyone could have ever preached. But he tells in his book, that day, for some reason, the voice of God said, you need to forgive your parents. The funny thing is his parents had been dead for 10 years, and he still held something against them. How many of us think that once they're dead, then we'll be okay but even after death, it's your heart. It's not their life or their action. It's your heart. And he heard the voice of God tell him to forgive. And he thought, God, they don't deserve forgiveness for what they did. They don't deserve it. As if he's hurting them 
by still holding on to it. But that day after church, he prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, if you want me to forgive, I'll forgive. He said, I just don't know how it hurts too bad. Just help me get it out. Please, God, I don't want to be angry anymore. It's a sign of faith. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm done. I forgive. It's over. Just to help me get through it. Within the next few weeks, after years of having his fingers all, but within the next few weeks, his fingers started to open up. The swelling started to go down. He didn't feel any pain. Within two months, he was back at the piano after a decade, just playing like he never missed a beat. The miracle was in the obedience. The obedience was in hearing the voice of God. Let me encourage you, don't wait until you feel it. Try telling your child, go clean your room. You know, I'm going to clean my room, and I'm planning on it. I'm going to pray about it for about a week or two to see if that's really what I should do. And then once I really feel those Holy Ghost chills, I'm going to go and I'm going to clean my room. What would you say? You're about to feel a Holy Ghost slap. <laughs> right? Okay, listen. Get to the right place. Hear the right voice. And obey right now. Amen? Amen. That's all I got for you. So.